0: Okay. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Major General Mick Ryan. I'm the commander of the Australian Defence College here in Canberra. And I'm speaking with Professor Sir Lawrence Friedman, Emeritus Professor of War Studies at King's College London. And we're going to talk about strategy and disruptive technologies. Uh, Laurie, welcome. It's great to talk to you.
1: Good to talk to you, Mick. Uh, So I think that the the, the challenge for us when we're looking at any new technology is is to work out whether or not it actually makes a difference uh, to the strategic options that we face. Some technologies we can think of, obviously, nuclear weapons absolutely transformed um, the way that uh, political leaders had to think about major war, basically, that it was a very bad idea. But other technologies, and the example I would tend to give is precision guidance as a result of the digital re- uh, revolution, uh, created options, but they didn't mandate a particular way of thinking about it, so that they allowed you to uh, miss civilian targets when you went for mili- uh, military targets. But if you wanted to hit civilians, then you could do so uh, with greater accuracy, or if you wanted to hit a hospital, as we saw in Syria. So you somehow or other, you've got to link the new technologies with the other part of strategy, which, which is and, and the driving part, I would say, which is political purpose.
0: Now, I think that's probably the most important part of this conversation is that the political purpose is always what's got to drive things. Um, and I think to that end, artificial intelligence is, is a slow burn technology. It's not as immediately transformative as say nuclear weapons were. And in the immediate term, you're not going to see it replacing human decision making. Political leaders aren't going to let an algorithm uh, do that. Uh, but as we move into this uh, era of art- artificial intelligence over the coming years and decades. Uh, what do you see are the imperatives for preparing our people and what might be the challenges there, Laurie?
1: Well, I think the difficulty um, that we have in preparing is that the point about new technologies uh, is that ordinary lay people like me who use them a lot don't quite understand how they uh, come about. Whereas, you know, when you, Go back to the arrival of motor cars and so on. All sorts of people could, could work out how to fiddle with their motor cars and make them work if they went wrong. There's less and less grasp of, of, of why these things, which are very useful, are doing what they're doing. And that opens them up to, to manipulation or just to have some flawed algorithms uh, that point, uh, that create choices that, that aren't necessarily the right one. So the issue is how do you develop trust? And uh, in the technologies, or know when to not to trust it. An understanding of where it can go wrong, and and where you've got to be careful with it, as much as seeing the obvious advantages.
0: I think that's the trust is so important. You know, there's the individual level of do individuals trust it? Do institutions trust the technology? And I think importantly, uh, do our societies trust us to use these technologies? In a clever but also uh, ethical way, and you know that's that's a journey. I think, as we've seen with the debate around autonomous weapon systems, I think artificial intelligence uh, is is also part of that debate to ensure we use these cleverly and ethically.
1: And also, of course, that the, uh, the artificial intelligence works by being able to access amazing amounts of information uh, that it, that it can then interrogate and produce the answers for you. And that information has got to be collected in some way. And as we're aware, that's one of the areas in which uh, there's great anxiety around uh, in society as, as to how far that is going and what's being included and what's being excluded. And also uh, how uh, sensitive it can be to cultural uh, nuances, different different uh, social mores and so on. So the, the, there's a long way to go before people are, are going to be sure as this technology is being used, not just weapon against weapon, uh, but against whole political structures, uh, how sensitive it can be to, to to the challenges that are being faced.
0: And I think that uh, informing people, be making informed decisions about these technologies, and not just leaving it to uh, to the military to make decisions about some of these disruptive technologies is important. People are starting to become more educated, more informed on the, the pros and cons of these technologies, and I, I see that. You know, that's a societal conversation, not just one in the halls of uh, military institutions or even just government.
1: I suppose well, I mean one of the things that happens, which would be relevant for you as a, as a military educator, is that people are coming in uh to military decision making having been very influenced by the use of these technologies uh as civilians or, or in civilian life uh, rather than in the past maybe it was more the other way around whereas the military was more the cutting edge uh these days the cutting edge is is, is often outside
0: yes uh, i think uh uh, there's there's enough work and enough thinking about these issues for uh, us and lots of our colleagues in the military, academia and beyond uh, in the coming decades. Um, uh, Laurie, we're, we're coming to the end of our time now, and uh, I know this is way too short a uh, format for us to really get into this in depth. But uh, thank you so much uh, for the conversation.
1: Always good to talk to you.
0: Thank you and uh, all the best. Bye.